Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 2. I don't care what anybody says, birthdays are important. So when a good friend's turning 60 and I'm returning from another government mission, there isn't a much faster way to get home than to catch a ride on a T-38 ace flight. It's a good thing they didn't serve a meal on this flight, because my heart was already in my mouth. <laughs> what, what was that in your mouth, Mac? That was his heart. What's oh? It was in his mouth. Did you hear that? That's medically inaccurate and impossible <laughs> to put well, to put a heart in your mouth. Well, you could put someone else's heart in your mouth. Well, then you'd be a cannibal. <laughs> That'd be disgusting. So, I mean, whatever floats his boat, I guess. You know what I'm saying? And he would know how to float his own boat. <laughs> so, oh, Greg, how's it going? I'm well. How are you? Oh, just delightful. Welcome everybody to episode 25 of mullets and memories i am your host dave champa i'm the host greg klein tonight's episode is another pretty solid episode yes um they're they're kind of on a roll here we had some we had a few more issues than we did for the first two episodes this season but i thought that this was still a pretty solid episode and i i enjoyed it quite a bit um this episode is called twice stung it is uh, a friend of MacGyver's becomes suicidal after being swindled out of his life savings, and MacGyver orchestrates a reverse scam to get the money back. A re- what's a reverse scam? It's a scam in reverse. Oh, so they just start saying everything backwards. They move the whole. They move everything backwards, like they do it all in reverse. Or, or do you say everything in Pig Latin? Exactly. So I think we'll get to that as we get later on in the episode. But yeah, the whole end of the episode is done in Pig Latin. Okay. It's kind of impressive that they do this. So as you heard from the opening clip, we open on MacGyver returning from a mission early through the uh, the Air Force. He's in, a, he's in a fighter jet flying home. He's hitching a ride. He's hitching a ride. As he does. As he, you know, with the Air Force. Because they can take time out of their day to bring Mac home for a 60th birthday party. I have to say, jumping ahead to, to the mullet rating by the end of the season. Yes. Because of this intro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it garnered almost a full mullet. Oh, I, I absolutely. I gave it a .75 in addition to my normal rating because of this opening. So, okay, so what he's describing is, so when Mac lands... He gets out of the plane, and then he gets into a Jeep to be brought to his next destination. But when he takes his helmet off... Well, he and the pilot get out of the plane together. Oh, that's right. It was the pilot. Yes, it was the pilot. The no-name pilot. The no-name nobody pilot. Right. <laughs> so he's, he starts talking about spending time with this woman. and well, We don't know it's a woman. Right. So he's like, oh, and you get to, the good news is you get to spend time with somebody like this. He takes his helmet off and he looks over. She takes her helmet off. And she's got hair bigger than the state of Nebraska. <laughs> it poured out of that 
I don't know how they got it in there. <laughs> it was they it must was have had perfect. like they must have had like a a paint mixer or a popsicle <laughs> stick, and like she put the helmet on. They're just kind of like stuffing it up around the edges. Because when she took it off, I I said holy shit out loud to myself and the two cats with yes. me. Yeah, I was alone in the house, perfectly quaffed. It was amazing. It was amazing, and they kind of shared this little smile, and then they drive away. But it. It I, it was better than MacGyver's hair has ever been in the last season and a quarter. Check it out. I put it on it the was, Instagram page. Yes, yes. Last Wednesday. It's great side by side. <laughs> You'll Hel- see it. Helmets off. Helmets on. Boom. Helmets on. Helmets off. Boom. It was a duel of the big hairs is really what it was. Yeah. It was MacGyver really trying hard, and then she just took that hair off and just he oh, could Oh, she won. He couldn't, she, he couldn't hold a candle to her. It was just amazing. So- Mac arrives at the Phoenix Foundation in a few minutes, however long it takes, and Pete and the employees give a big surprise, and it's obviously not for Mac. It's for Kelly, and Mac's standing there with like a streamer hanging off his face. Right, they threw confetti. (laughs) And and Mac had a conversation with Pete after the fact, knowing that it wasn't for him, and he didn't take the confetti off of his head. No, he just let it like dangle off the back of his head. Well, some of it was like in his face, like crossing his eye. Dude just likes a little confetti in his face. He likes a little party. It's probably not the first time he's been to a party where people are throwing things in his face. Maybe <laughs> so. not. It wasn't confetti. Ooh. So they're cleaning up the party and they're kind of getting everything reset for Kelly's arrival. And Pete sort of notices that Kelly hasn't arrived and he's getting really... Things are getting late. We cut to Kelly's apartment and he's binging. He oh, is just, man. he is just slamming back whiskey. This was bad. Yeah. I really f- this is a dark section of this episode. It was and he's like you can see tears running down his eyes and he starts coughing and the camera pans over to his fireplace and you see that he's turned the gas line into the apartment right. and he's just just blowing gas into the apartment. He's trying to asphyxiate himself. Um he's trying to commit suicide. But awful. We don't know why, and it's terrible though, because I mean, he's been—he's clearly been in there for a while, and he starts coughing, and he's just swigging whiskey. He's just drinking himself down. He's all sweat. Well, no, nah, maybe that's tears. No, was there was say- definitely a beads of sweat across his forehead. I mean, he was boiling sweat, and so yeah, he's crying, and we don't know why. Pete calls him on the phone. He doesn't pick up the phone. MacGyver, I don't. Does he find the note, or does somebody deliver the note to him? I think. I think Kelly mailed it or shipped it or whatever to MacGyver. Ma- gave him this package. Okay, so so he mails this to the Phoenix Foundation for MacGyver? Right. Okay. So MacGyver opens the letter, and it's a pool cue with a note. And I don't remember what the note says. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it, it kind of rang in MacGyver's ears like, that You're, doesn't seem right. Like, this, is a, this has treated me well over the years. It's yours now kind of thing. <laughs> right. And Max, like, I would never give away my favorite hockey stick. Right, so he knows that this is Kelly's like favorite instrument, like his pool cue, like it's his favorite thing. So he immediately, he knows something's wrong. Right. So we cut to MacGyver outside of Kelly's apartment, and he starts to kind of smell gas. Well, I thought it was really funny that MacGyver, I, 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 I realized why they did this, but he the elevator opens, MacGyver walks out two steps directly across the hall to Kelly's door. Yes. It's directly across from oh, the yeah. elevator. Perfectly placed. I thought it was weird, <laughs> but then it all makes sense with his first MacGyver. Exactly. So he can't open the door. He's banging on the door trying to get Kelly's attention, and Kelly's not opening the door. So he goes to the fire hose 
cuts the fire hose off like a the, fire hose that's in the hall it's an apartment it's building. like right next to his right next to kelly's apartment door he cuts the fire hose off he ties one end around the doorknob he goes out to the elevator and he loops the other end around the arm rail on the back of the elevator well and like then, the uh, the yeah the handrail kind of thing yeah so he places it down and when the door shuts he makes sure that the door shuts over the fire hose so that when the elevator starts to go down it starts to pull yeah at the door and it eventually just bursts and pulls the doorknob right off. yeah it uses the using the uh, hose as a rope i think it's a felony to cut fire hoses off is it really i think so Ooh, i didn't realize that so, i think it is or or gross vandalism or something bad if anybody knows if that's true let us know i'm actually now i'm actually curious to know because i've cut a few fire hoses at my time oh really did you like have to escape out of your dorm yeah well, you would know. That's true. We lived together for a year. You did. Oh, right. We did. So he breaks into the house. He kicks the door down and he kind of like covers his, his nose. He throws the window open. He grabs Kelly and he kind of pushes Kelly out the window. Not literally pushes him out the window. Well, Kelly had already passed out on the floor. Did he? Was he passed yeah, out? Oh, yeah. He, he passed out. I couldn't remember if he was passed out or if he was just coughing he, uncontrollably. He, he, passed, he was acting passed out at least because Mac tried to pick him up and Kelly stood up on his own. Right. But oh, he was, that's he right. Like, yes, on the ground. So he throws him out the window, and he just kind of like leans his head out, and they just start right. like breathing Listen, in. Throw him out the window? <laughs> no, not literally. That would be funny. He's like Kelly. Get- oh shit! Oh, I get a little overzealous. Uh, so on that. I guess <laughs> we're not going to find out what happened there. Okay. Um, <laughs> Did you find Kelly? Nope. Nope. No, he wasn't in there. Uh, his window was open. Uh, apartment smelled fine. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him. So, uh, case closed, guys. All right, well, let's go back to the party. Uh, <laughs> so God. we're back in MacGyver's apartment, and Mac and Kelly get into this argument, and it's actually a pretty good one. It's another one of those cases where you can tell that MacGyver cares like really deeply for all of his friends, and it's a pretty good argument. So we'll, we'll let it we'll let it play for a few minutes here. What was going through your head, Kelly? Let it go, Mac. No, I won't. I want to know why a guy I know, a guy I thought I knew. A man I respect would try and take his own life. Kelly, you've got three kids. Did you forget about them? I did it for them. I turned 60 years old today, and you know what I got to show for it? Nothing. I'm broke. All those years of scrimping and saving, I got nothing left. You understand? It is heartbreaking. Oh, it really hit me hard on that. I don't know why. <laughs> I Well, he was so... He, he, I like Kelly. He's I do so too. nice. Yeah. And when you hear he did it for his kids, it even hurts. It just hurts even more to know that he lost everything. It sucks. So he finally admits to MacGyver that he got set he got involved in some sort of a scheme. It was like a a land development scheme. Right. That's as much as they say about it. It's, it was a bogus land development scheme. He put all of his money into it. He put all of his life savings, which was $35,000 in life savings, okay. which, I mean, yeah, maybe for the 80s, that might be a lot of money. I mean, for today, it's about $75,000 still. I mean, I guess $75,000 life savings. Oh, 75, uh, dude, like today's money, that would be 75. Yeah, if you took 35000 adjusted for inflation... You would look at it today's. It would be about seventy five thousand dollars, but okay. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know what the cost of living was back in the late in the late eighties, but I would um, imagine. Well, you know, if Mac was still renting from Susan, I think the cost of living would be skin. <laughs> yes, it would. He'd pull. You think he'd pull Kelly in on that? Or Kelly. You think Kelly's not that tight. Kelly's well. Kelly's got a family. Kelly can watch. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> 
Oh, Charlie Murphy. Um, so, yeah. So, he gets involved in a bogus land development, and this guy pulls him and takes him for all he's worth. $35,000. Um, so, I mean, that's shit. Imagine investing everything you have. Yeah. Oh. Wow. And then the next day it's gone. This guy just disappears with all your money and you what have no idea where he is. Dick. Yeah. So Kelly's like, well, I figure if I die in an accident, it'll gas leak. Right. He said he was, wor- he, f- he figured he was worth more dead. Yes. So he's like, if I died in an accident, my life insurance would How cover How is it the- an accident that all the gas lines in your house are open? Had been turned towards the inside Because not only the there room. was the, his like gas fireplace, there was like a, a register or something, a heater on yes. the side of the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac turned off two valves. He did. And he knew exactly where to go, right. too. He knew so, exactly that the other they- valve was on. So yeah, no, it would have looked like an accident, Kelly. Well, well done there, pal. Good, good way to go. Well, maybe, he, maybe he had like a a candle burning in the bathroom or something, and the whole apartment complex would have blown up. Just would have gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Take everyone with him. Pull an axe minster and just destroy everything. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelly gives MacGyver the name of a guy, and his name is James Crow, and Pete. When they're back at the Phoenix Foundation, Pete brings up crow's like extensive record he's got like seven indictments never been charged he kind of knows his way around the police department he knows how to work the police department so macgyver meets a new woman her name is joanne and she coins a phrase that we use quite often and i think this is the first time we hear it used in the um in, in the entire series uh, she says uh, something specific but before we get to this line i'm oh, gonna say yes i'm gonna say one thing please do <laughs> And then I will play the clip. Okay, ready? Go. Butthole scans. Hi, Joanne Remings. MacGyver. Oh, I've heard about you. You're the guy that does the whatchamacallits. You know, MacGyverisms. Turns one thing into another. MacGyverisms? Joanne is new here. She just signed on. In addition to threat assessment and terrorist strategy, she just happens to have written a major research paper on bunko scans. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I can't unhear that now. I know. I hope so. I hope. Th- I hope that's exactly what everyone else heard too. Because I was like, "Wait, what?" In a major research paper on bunko scans, butthole scans. What was that, Pete? What kind of scans? In a major research paper on bunko scans. Oh, the butthole scans. Yeah. yeah. No, I've I've heard about those research. What was papers. her name? Joanne Remings. Joanne Remings. But yeah, Remings. Oh, I heard. Re- See, okay. <laughs> so you're gonna. Maybe, go- I'm, maybe I'm just a shithead. I heard Remings and but- and, and butthole scans. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so so he's saying bunko scams. Yes. I looked up the word bunko. Have you played the game bunko? No, and I'm glad that you did this because I'm not familiar with like what bunko scam is. It's nothing. It's just a con artist. A bunko artist? Oh, it's another word for a con artist? Yeah, con artist. Oh. So when you're saying bunko scam, you're saying scam scam. Yeah, okay, so you're it's a con scam. So this guy Crow <laughs> is just a shitty con artist. And he will get into how shitty he actually is. He's fucking terrible. <laughs> so So yeah, so <laughs> So Joanne is she's a she's an expert about like she knows about like con artists and what they can do. She knows that Crow is a big fan of the horses. He likes to spend a lot of time at the track. He always wears white suits and white 
silk suits. Oh man, he looks and good. And Panama hats. Yes, yes. She didn't mention the Panama hats, but he's always wearing a Panama hat. Every scene he's in, he's wearing one of the Panama. Because they're hats. in California, not Florida or Cuba or nope. Panama. Right. <laughs> so Crow, according to Joanne, Crow is very good at his job. Like I said, he always knows how to work around the police. So, so, so Joanne suggests, well, why don't we con the con artist? She has all these. Sorry, I'm eating a brownie. No, it's I know, and you keep eating that. It's really bad podcast technique, but I just don't care. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> We're she, talking about Joanne um, conning the con artist, right? But she had all these phrases, these words for like cons. Oh yeah, like uh, like. Like in Ocean's Eleven, yeah, 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 yeah. They had all these names for the different cons and stuff they were going to do. She had like a, she had like an encyclopedic knowledge, like Tallahassee Swing or whatever. Exactly, it was which is you don't want to do that, right, that's, right, because that's a terrible sex act. The Boston bitch. Oh, that's another one that involves Saran wrap and a gopher. <laughs> so there's a fine line between sex acts and scams. Yes, yes. Exactly. So, so yeah. So Joanne suggests, well, why don't we con the con artist? So Pete's like, you know, I really don't want to involve the Phoenix Foundation as this in, in this whole ordeal. Like, I just don't think it's worth it. And so MacGyver doesn't do much to kind of convince him. He's just like, come, no, come on, Pete. You know you want to do that. You come on. You know you want to do this, Pete. And Pete just smiles and goes, Yeah, you're right. I've been looking to try this out. I know because it's <laughs> That's like it. he's like, you know, I can get in a lot of trouble for doing this on on like. Uh, foundation time or on, on the dime of the yeah, that's founding, all right. foundation come on okay so that's it so they agree that they're going to give this a try they're going to con him but they don't include joanne who's the one who suggested that they try to con crow and she's so enthusiastic I but know. like okay so i have to say this is where the juxtaposition of things come in so we had that we had in the beginning that first clip with the the female with the big hair she's a fighter pilot yeah, like female fighter pilot. That's a that's a big deal. Absolutely. Okay, and then she has no speaking lines, no point in the whole thing, other than taking her helmet off and having this mane of hair rain down on her <sighs> shoulders. Yes, and then we have Joanne. Yeah, who is really kind of clingy and little nerdy, little nerdy, tight it's, bun in the hair. I know, like uptight, big really ass glasses, naive. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, what kind of female image were they trying to portray it was it's total 80s sexism at it like at its finest i know because you got the hot woman with no lines <laughs> and then you've got the nerd who's like gets all these great ideas but no one wants to invite her to go i know and it's so just like yeah so the woman comes up with the plan and they're like no we don't need you well, let's just let the men handle it. Look at That's... that cute little collar you have on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at your cute little hat. Look at your gla- <laughs> look at all your cute little hats. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it felt like. It was total sexist, and it was just like, oh, come on, guys, really? Yeah, MacGyver, you're better than this, but maybe you're not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe you're just a dick. Product of the times, I suppose. So, Pete and MacGyver finally arrive at the track. And Pete shows up, and he's got the aviator sunglasses with the with the be- with the uh, with the old man hat backwards. Yeah, what is that? There's a name for that. Like it's a cap, you know. Like it's, a, a, it's an old man cap. Is what I I had one for cap. a while, and I what loved you, it. What the newsies wear? <clears throat> yes, you know. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, like, but I love that cap. Hat. We had it on backwards, and Mac had this amazing <clears throat> shirt. Well, he. He's wearing the same shirt he wore all morning, yes. so I'm wondering the timing of this. They came up with this idea and went to the track and pulled the scam off the same day? Within about an hour. <laughs> because, explain explain what they did. Expl- oh, okay, so Pete's pretending to be a cop. He is ripped off by Mac, 
basically during this whole scene. So they go and they sit in front of Crow. and They stage this so Crow sees it. Right. So they know that Crow's sitting there. So they go and sit right in front of him. They're just kind of, he and Pete are talking back and forth. Pete's pretending to be a cop. Eventually, MacGyver convinces Pete that he's got the winning numbers and he's the one that... Like you take these, you're gonna you're gonna be a big winner. So he rips, he basically rips Pete. Well, off. the way he does it, he makes it really obvious for Crow is that Mac has a variety of winning tickets. Yes, and he just sorts them out to whoever actually wins, right? And gives it to Pete. So somehow, I don't know exactly how it works, but anyway, Mac's ripping them off. But my thing is, how did they get all those fake tickets printed up that quick? Right. And if it was a real track, and they got out, they would have to have a warrant. It was like, I don't, or maybe not. I don't know. They had they pulled together this scam in such a short it amount was of time, very quickly. Unless Mac just likes to wear the same Tommy Bahama shirt every <laughs> single day because it's just a beautiful day out. Oh, was <laughs> I don't know. Needless to say. Pete leaves to claim his prize. Right. And Crow see, like leans over because he's sitting behind right. him and says, I know what you did. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I, I know what you just did. He's like, I want to buy into that. He's like, I want a part of that deal. Because Pete said he had he had a bunch of money and all this stuff. He They really tarted it up to make it sound like Pete you know, was a, a big hitter. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. And so Crow's like, I want to be, I want, I want in on this deal. He's like, I want to be a part of this deal. And MacGyver's like, all right. Right, fine. What do you want to? When do you want to meet? He's like, meet me in twenty minutes in the stable. Okay. All right. Fine. So now, before we jump, did you recognize who plays um, Crow in this? I he- recognized him, but I couldn't tell from where. I knew I had seen him before, yeah. but I couldn't remember who it was. It was Richard Romanus. He actually played. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he played one of the twin brothers in the Prodigal from season one. All right. Uh, um, 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 I cannot remember. That. Sawdust and shop vacs. Sawdust and shop vacs. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. Mullets and memories show sawdust and shop vacs. Yes. When we reviewed season that one. one, episode eight, thirteen. Maybe, I think. Was it thirteen? Maybe not. We'll have to go back and look. But yeah. So yeah. So they they reused an actor from season one. Well, in season as one, this part. Sorry, what, did he play the same part, or was he actually a twin? That's I his think, twin brother. Okay, they were Richard they were and Robert. Twins. I right. think their names were, but yeah, yeah they're actually twins. So they, I don't know how they decided on what twin to use for this, but yeah, so maybe, that maybe one had to kill the other, <laughs> fight to the death. So, who wants this part? Who wants who wants this Panama Johnny part? I'm good. You can have Richard. You can you can take it. No, I have to kill you. <laughs> Um, no, 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 I'm fine. You take that. You enjoy that. Just, just We must fight to the death. Uh, okay, I don't really want to die. <laughs> so, so MacGyver goes to the stables a little bit early, and he spots someone following him. He ambushes this person, and then as he turns around, realizes that Joanne's been tailing him the entire time. In, in the same outfit she's wearing it from the office. Right, so we have to imagine that it's probably only been about an hour. So... Uh, let's just describe her outfit. I mean, she's she's dressed nicely. Sure, total total eighties. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So she has she has like heels or flats. I couldn't really tell. Yeah, I couldn't. I wasn't a sure. A skirt, a blouse. Yep. Huge shoulder pads. Oh yeah. Um, and kind of like I don't know, like a collar. What what's she that? A little scarf, like an ascot, yeah. almost yeah, kind of, around her neck. Yeah, and uh, glasses. Yep. Big um, big rim glasses. Big glasses. <laughs> I think were kind of pinkish. Yeah. And her hair was pulled back. Yeah. I mean, she quintessential nerdy look. Yeah, that's what you would expect. So so Joanne has followed him because she wants to get out from behind a computer. She needs some field experience, so she fig- figured that this would be the best way to do it. So I just, I, she tailed him. So <laughs> but before MacGyver can send her away, 
they hear Crow and two of his men beating the shit out of one of the trainers because the trainer failed to dope up one of the horses and fix the race right. for Crow. Because right before Pete and Max showed up, Crow just lost on a horse that he had bet on because the trainer didn't listen and didn't dope the horse up. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, you. this guy really is kind of a shitty person. So... But he's just doing these crappy scams, but he's killing people over them. Yeah, exactly. So they're not like high brain, like you know, they're not rocket science scams. No, he's like, oh, you didn't dope the horse. I'm gonna beat the shit out they're of you. They're total butthole scams. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> MacGyver comes up with an idea, and he knows how he's gonna utilize Joanne here. So he starts to set up another MacGyverisms, and we'll we'll let we'll let him, we'll let the next the scene kind of describe what he does. What are we going to do? Give me a couple of bobby pins. Bobby pins? Sure. Great. Let me borrow this and uh, a couple of buttons. Make it three. Another MacGyverism. And let me borrow your glasses, please. They're yours. Thanks. So what do we do now? Just did it. Oh, meet bad guys. <laughs> you sexist pig. You, you just did it. <laughs> as he's saying that, he's opening her blouse to reveal as much cleavage as possible so, without exposing her breasts. Let's go through the MacGyverisms. Yeah. Okay. We're going to start again and we'll, we'll listen and pause to each one. Okay. Yeah, okay. Here we go. What are we going to do? Give me a couple of bobby pins. Okay. Give me a couple of bobby pins. So the first thing she does, pull some bobby pins out. Let's her hair down. Let's her hair down. Okay. Oh, she's looking a little bit better. It's like a transformation. All right. Bobby pins. Sure. Great. Let me borrow this and uh, a couple of buttons. Oh, a couple of buttons? So rather than unbutton her shirt, she pops. She pulls three buttons off the front of her shirt as far down as she can go. And hands them to MacGyver. Okay. Still seeming a little bit like, okay, maybe he's going to do something interesting with this. We'll see what's going on. What what do we got next? Let's see. Make it three. Another MacGyverism. And let me borrow your glasses, please. They're yours. Okay. There you are, sir. So he took, he's like, make it three buttons. Yes, I heard that at the end. I didn't (laughs) hear that the first time. And then her glasses. So now her hair is down, her shirt is open, and she took her glasses off. Completely different person. Total transformation. Yes, absolutely. Let's see what's at the end here. (laughs) So what do we do now? Just did it. Time to meet the bad guys. I just heard that for the first time. That creepy laugh. He's like, you just did it. Uh, Wait. Uh, Okay. uh, Yeah. uh, But uh, yeah, okay, so basically he he undresses her. And then as they're walking away, there's a shot of him cleaning the dust off her ass. Yeah. It's amazing. So So the MacGyverism is to make her hot. Yeah. (laughs) Take everything that made her into a nerd and make her hot. Wow. You sex is big. Pretty awesome. <laughs> so they interrupt the beating, and MacGyver introduced- Saving that guy's life. Sorry. Yeah, he was going to kill him. They were going to kill him. And so they kind of saved his life, and so Crow was like, next time you better do what I ask when I tell you to dope that horse. And he's like, yes, sir, I promise I'll do that. Okay. 
So MacGyver introduces Joanne as Pete's girlfriend, so that kind of we can we, we so Joanne's not in any sort of trouble. So fucking Joanne. So she takes immediate charge of this and goes way, way, way overboard with this explanation. So she says that they're trying to get Pete to supply them for a cocaine deal using his inn at the police station. And Crow is like, oh, all right, I want to hear more. I'm like, really? Completely (laughs) cuts off MacGyver and just goes on this rant about, like, a cocaine deal. Yeah, so Mac was going to do some simple scam idea with with Crow, but Joanne brings it to Coke. (laughs) Yes. And Mac Mac makes this face when she brings up the cocaine, and he goes, uh, yeah, cocaine. Cocaine, great. (laughs) It is the 80s. That's the drug of choice. Yes. Absolutely. But shit, come on. Yeah, she She has like she has no filter. Yeah, and so clearly he's obviously like he's pissed. Right. He's like, what did you just do? Like you made this so much more difficult for us. So Joanne is obviously she's come up with like a different con that he and Pat Pat. She had a name for it. I forget what it was. The Tallahassee Bender. I don't remember. But it, yeah, US Boomerang. The, <laughs> the rusty trombone. <laughs> so she ah. wants to try a rusty trombone with Pete. And oh, oh god, oh. So MacGyver explains to Pete, like he's like Pete. Listen, she changed the plan. We gotta follow through with that because Crow's now like Crow's in on this. Like he wants to be. But a he's part like, of I this. just bought all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I bought all these ball gags. He's- I just bought this mask with a zipper on the mouth. <laughs> I, I just bought, I just bought this hairnet. Oh I bought this face net. <laughs> so okay, so they bring in Kelly because they realize that whatever this plan is that 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 Joanne has come forward with, they need another person to be a part of this plan. So they're like, "Oh, why don't we bring in Kelly?" Well, won't he recognize Kelly? Not when I'm done with him. Yeah, we'll just slap him. a beard on him. I know it's kind of like the um, <laughs> it's like uh, the the Team America. Yes, job. yes, exactly. Hot med. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do that movie. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. So okay, so MacGyver, Pete, Joanne, meet Crow on a bridge. <laughs> Where you make all deals. That's what you do. Bridge you, you, on bridges, under bridges. Whatever, man. Whatever's gonna melt your butter there, pal. So they explain to Crow, they're like, Listen, we need you to put up this money to buy a pound of cocaine. Like we just need you to we need you to front the money for us. He's like, all right, well, you know, I really don't want to and then Pete threatens to walk and he's like, Alright, 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 alright. <laughs> so wait. So, so they were asking Crow, they're asking Crow for the cocaine. They're asking Crow, they need Crow to put up the money to buy it so they can buy a pound of cocaine. So they ask Crow to front the money so that they can buy... No, Crow delivers the cocaine. C- Crow delivers the cocaine? Yeah. I got confused then. You did get... I got, you did got confused. I got his confused. No, they needed some cocaine. Yeah. Crow delivered the cocaine because they had to put it in with the other stuff they were selling. Oh, the, yes. Right. Okay. And they needed... Yes. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Did you watch this damn episode? No, I, I watched the series finale. <laughs> oh, that's I watched it? the season seven finale. Oh, sorry, that, you're just making this up. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah. So he's a, initially he's reluctant to investigate this. Like Crow's like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this. So Pete threatens to walk, and he's like, oh, all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. I'll give you the coke. Wow, that was really easy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like fine, whatever. Uh, Everything Crow does, he, he he's like a pushover. It's like, okay. Yeah. He's like, hey, listen, I'm not too keen about giving you more money. All right, well, then I'm just going to, okay, fine, 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 fine. I'll just, I'll give you the money. 
All right, well, that was easy. Sure. So so later that night, they go to this hotel room, and they've sort of like prepped it. They, they set up like a two-way mirror in the room so that MacGyver and everyone can sit on one side, and they can see Pete make this deal on the other side of the hotel room. Yeah, they rented two hotel rooms, cut the wall out between, and put a two-way mirror in there. Which right. you would do in a hotel. Whatever. I do that all the That's time. fine. Pete loads his gun. Obviously, he's got blanks in it, so they can sort of simulate this. So they're sort of setting up this scam before Crow arrives. Kelly's there and he's kind of getting ready because he's the he's the man quote unquote who's going to make the deal because uh, he's got all the money in the uh, in the briefcase. So Crow arrives and they show him the room and they're like, "All right, here's where everything's going to go down." So they take him to the next room with the two way mirror. He gives them the cocaine, which they're going to use as like the sample packet because everything right. else in there is just bags of powdered milk. Yeah, powdered milk. So and, and wait. Crow calls out what the scam is. He walks in oh, yes. and knows what the scam is because he holds a lighter up to the two-way mirror. Right. And he's like, yeah, two-way mirror. This is uh, whatever. He uses the other name. I forget what name this he uses. Is a, I don't know. I can't come up with any more the scam. alligator fuckhouse. <laughs> alligator fuckhouse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he he gives the name of like he's like yeah, this is the whatever it is, and he he literally describes yeah. exactly what's about to happen. So basically, they need his legit ninety percent pure coke to put in with the bags of powdered milk, right? So that when the guy coming who is Kelly with a beard with a beard to buy said coke will test the real bag and know that it's real. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a double scam. Yeah, exactly. So. They go to the other room and they watch. Kelly arrives. He opens. Pete opens the door and lets him in. Kelly tastes the real cocaine, but then he draws his gun on right. Pete. All part of the plan. Uh-huh. Crow doesn't realize this, so Crow starts to kind of freak out in the in the secret next door room. Yeah, through so the Crow's window. like, "Oh, I don't like where this is going." As Pete's pulling out his gun. They fire at the. It feels like they fired at the exact same time. They meant to do that. Yes, they because did. Because then they break to commercial. Yes. So so Crow fires, Pete fires, Crow fires right through the, the, the mirror. Mm-hmm. Kelly goes down. We see him on the ground covered in blood, and then we cut to commercial. Yeah. We cut back on Kelly's body. <sighs> I, got really, I got really upset. Me too. <laughs> it was really sad. I'm I don't like, like when any of MacGyver's friends die. And it's like, God, you put him in so much danger and you blew him away. Idiots. So... They kind of quickly, like, they're like, all right, Crow, you got to get out of here. You, d- d- leave, leave the cocaine behind because we need to pr- provide evidence of a motive for the shooting. Mm-hmm. So once he's gone, <sighs> Kelly gets up. He's like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> Good thing he's a bad shot. <laughs> looks like real blood. It's like, yep. <laughs> yep. That's, this- the, that's the point. <laughs> so Kelly's alive. Crow and his men are now outside and... He has one of his men follow Joanne. Because Pete says we should all leave, but separately. Stagger Crow, it. Crow you go first. You yes. Know, and then they all kind of leave one at a time, but they, they, they focus on Joanne. So they're like, we need to get some insurance on this, so you need to tr- tr- tail her, find out where she lives, because we, we need some insurance on this. So the next day, they meet, and <laughs> they meet Crow again. And MacGyver and Pete tell them about their new plan to get the cocaine back. Okay, this... This is going to be a little involved, but the only way to get it across to you guys is if we play the entire thing. Yes. It's a couple minutes, and it's so convoluted. We may come in every once in a while, but it's, yeah, oh, God. And the re- 
for the fact that Crow ultimately says, okay, it's a miracle. So listen to this shit. How'd you like to make a million bucks in one day? <laughs> you kill me, MacGyver. Come on, listen to me. The doper's money from last night went into the police property room, which holds a whole lot more money. And I have easy access to that property room. If you want in, all you got to do is come up with 400000 cash. We take your four hundred grand and turn it into $2 million once we get into the police property room. Then we pull a switch. You spend 400000 you make a million dollars profit. Why should I believe you? You've already lost me money. Now I should give you more? Hey, wait a minute. You're the one that blew it last night, not us, Crow. You're lucky we came back to you. Hey, listen, if you're not interested, I mean, we... Wait a minute, wait a minute. All right. Say I give you the cash. How do you pull this off? Joanne, get the suitcase. So at this point, Kelly... Uh, not Kelly. Um, Joanne goes and gets the briefcase out of the trunk, I and they open it. I put your money... In a suitcase with a false bottom like this, see? Your money goes on top because the watch commander is going to check it naturally to make sure it's real. And we put pop-up stacks of fake money in the false bottom. Just put the ends together like this and you got it, see? They look terrible. (laughs) Looks good. Oh, they look a lot better with real money stacked on top of them. Now, by the time they find out that the money is gone, there'll have been so many people in and out of there, they'll never know who took it. So tomorrow, Mac and Pete go down into the police property room with the suitcase at exactly two minutes to one. Pete tells the watch commander he got the money in a drug bust. The watch commander gives me the key to the property room, and then he goes to lunch at one o'clock. He just leaves you alone in the room. (laughs) I'm a cop. Cops trust cops. MacGyver's not a cop. He's the witness to the crime. I have to take his statement as soon as I'm through in the property room. And then MacGyver helps me load the money. Four hands are better than two. Wow. Oh, God. I mean, it's just you can hear how fast they're talking during that scene trying to plan it out. It's like they, it's like they have an exact script that they have to follow. And every question that Crow asks, they know the exact right answer. But not just one person. They all chime in separately. Yes. In succession. Yes. Whew. If if I was listening to these people pitch this, I'd be super skeptical. Yes. I'd be like, wait a, wait a minute. Yeah, the only question he asks is, well, what makes you think I'm going to give you $400,000? And he, they, they answer him, and he's like, all right. Sounds like a good deal. Well, the funny thing is, <laughs> Pete says you'll make a million dollars profit. But right. But they said you, it was $2 million. So, no, I thought he said, how would you like to make a million bucks? But Right. But then they're talking about... Two million dollars. If he gives them the four hundred thousand, they're going to make a million dollar profit. But that's still not right because that's only one point four million. <laughs> yeah, I don't get so it. So they're still six hundred thousand dollars off from the two hundred to two million. So that whole that whole line of bullshit was a minute and forty six seconds. Do we want to listen to it again? God no. <laughs> oh God no. So needless to say, Crow fronts them the four hundred thousand dollars pretty quickly and pretty easily to swap out money. So what I understand is with the stuff. So the four hundred thousand dollars is going to go with them to the evidence room, and while in there, they're going to smuggle out another two million dollars, being kept as evidence in the evidence room. That's what I understood about that minute and forty-seven six forty-six seconds. Right. So they put the four hundred thousand dollars in. They swap it out with the two million, and they walk out with the two million. Right, because they need to carry the case in. Right. They need to get that's they needed the four hundred thousand dollars to get in there. Right, right. Why why four hundred? Why not a hundred or fifty thousand? Right, or, exactly. It doesn't matter what the amount of money is, or that a they thing need. full of fake money. Right, because they're gonna walk in with the briefcase and they're gonna come out with the briefcase just filled with more money. <sighs> so 
I mean, it it made sense, but it was so convoluted that at this point in the episode, I'm like, what? Yeah. So that's the scam. <clears throat> so Pete and MacGyver tell Joanne, like, nope, nope, it's too dangerous. You're not, you're not going to help with us. Nope, you're not going to do it. So she goes home to relief, release frustrations by taking photos of fruit with bullets in them. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so she, since she gets so upset, the way that she, well, here we go. Here's here's yeah, play the clip. <laughs> Interesting breakfast. I always photograph strange things when I'm angry. You must get angry a lot. So <laughs> it, the scene comes up with a bowl of fruit that has live rounds stuffed in them. Right. Like rifle cartridges right. stuck in them. Right. And then Max walking around her apartment or her house, and the photos on the wall are of fruit and vegetables with like nails in them. Yeah. Yeah, or blades. Yeah, the one he's looking at is just bananas in a bowl of milk with nails sticking out of the bananas. <laughs> like, wow, that is just some. Excuse I don't even know me. if you would consider that abstract art, but that is. And just, I'd be like, huh, okay, fair enough, I guess. So you, uh, you date much? <laughs> so you you hang out with other people much, or no, no? Okay. Why is there a baseball bat with nails through it in the corner here? Shh. Oh, here's another one with stacks of pennies taped to it. Go to sleep. <laughs> so so he arrives with a peace offering because he feels a little bit bad so he hands her a bag and he's like here she's like what is this it's a sandwich it's a pastrami on rye she goes oh wow you think that's gonna help i don't know about you but i'd be all over him if he I brought know. me a pastrami on rye i first the first thing i would do i would take a bite out of that sandwich and take a couple of good chews and then and i'd open mouth kiss him and we'd we'd uh <laughs> you'd share the pastrami we'd pass it back and forth <laughs> God, it's so gross, but I love it. So, as they're talking about pastrami on rye, Crow's men cut the lights and the phone lines to her apartment. All at once. Right. Phone line and lights go off. All at once. Simultaneously. So, But luckily that Joanne is a photographer. Yes. She has a lot of bulbs <laughs> and a lot of idiot. flashes. Yeah, she has photo floods all over the place. So, yeah. So, he uses a photo flood bulb. And he takes the battery out of a flashlight, like a high-power flashlight, one of the like the big rectangular batteries. Mm-hmm. He connects one of the wires from the floodlight power cord to the battery. Then he cuts the other wire in the middle, and he strips both of the ends, and he attaches one end to the open terminal of the battery, and then lays both ends near the other on the ground. He folds two matchbooks into triangles, and then lays them next to the exposed wire. He rests a letter opener on top of the two matchbooks, and when the intruders step on the letter opener, the circuit closes and the lights flash. Wow, Mr. Wizard did wow. it again. Holy shit, that was way too complicated. But it's so funny because, okay, these guys, these hitmen or whatever, are walking through her house in the dark. Yes. And they have to step on this makeshift trigger. It has to be a perfectly timed step. That's just right in the middle of the room. Yes. That <laughs> there are probably 600 square feet yeah, that are perfectly safe, except for this one and square it, foot. It's a perfectly, perfectly timed step for him to stand right right on top of it, sets the flash off. Not a very bright flash, no. if you ask me. And MacGyver attacks them, takes their guns, and, yeah. and, the, and they run. And they run out of the house. So Crow is, of course, waiting outside for them. So he tells MacGyver that I'm going to hold on to Joanne for some insurance and I'm right. going to take off. He stops by shooting a gun at them. Yeah. He shoots at them right through Max's Jeep windshield. What a turd. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Joanne's Huge all freaked bullet out. Hole. The two guys they left behind in the house catch up with them, and they take Joanne away as insurance. Yeah. And MacGyver's just left sitting there, and we like, cut. Oh, shit. And we he gets cut. all mad. At, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Gets all mad the next day. He's mad at that moment. They cut to commercial. Yeah. And he's all pissed with Pete. Like, ah, oh, man, we got cocky, and we, you know, they, yeah. he, he's, he, what'd he say? I know I should have, I know Crow would have covered his flanks. I should have paid attention. Yes. Okay. And it's like, again? Yeah. You're you did it again? Really, you're just really losing it a little bit, Mac. God. So, so they come up with a new plan. They're going to frame Crow for stealing from police evidence. Right. Okay. Because... Crow has been protected by loopholes in the law. So people know he's crooked, but nobody can right. get to him because there are all these loopholes. Right. So Max basically like, well, let's see him get let's let's see him weasel his way out of being caught with his hand in the till. Yes. Exactly. That's why they're having all that money and right. all this stuff. Right, exactly. So the next day they meet Crow. They kind of convince him that they don't really care about Joanne to kind of like lead him off the scent. Like they don't, we don't care if you get him they, back. Because the, he's like, they want to convince Crow that they don't care about Joanne so that Crow will wonder why they're so cavalier and not trust them and go into the vault with them. Right. Like on a whim. Right. And it, it, he falls for it hook, line, Fucking and sinker. works. I'm like, Once again, he falls for Not it. Not just that. They're doing this exchange by putting money in the duffel bag with the false bottom down the block from the police station, yeah, in a white van with the doors wide open. Yes, yes. <laughs> what? Meanwhile, Joanne and the two guys are like around the corner in an RV, right? <laughs> in an like... RV within, you can see the police station from the RV. Yes, uh, was... I just. <sighs> so they get into the station, Pete, MacGyver, and Crow, and Pete holds Crow up at gunpoint. MacGyver takes the four hundred thousand. They take him to a van out back that Kelly is driving. Kelly's dressed as like a maintenance worker. Right. So they put Crow in the back. They undress him. They tie him up. They gag him. They put him in the trunk. And they're like, you better not make another sound if you want to make it out of this alive. Yeah. All right. So MacGyver puts on Crow's suit. And he and Pete take the trunk back into the police station so they can get it into the evidence room. Okay. With Crow inside of it. Right. So... Pete was like, "I'm arresting MacGyver for pickpocketing. I'm gonna, I'm arrest this guy. I'm gonna arrest this guy." He, they, they're handcuffed together. Yeah, he's like, he's also a pickpocket. And MacGyver holds up Pete's watch. Yeah, like for effect, which is stupid, but whatever. Yeah. So there's an officer here, and he leaves the evidence cage to go get like the papers to sign all of these items back in, or whatever you want to say. So MacGyver blocks the lock with a piece of paper. Yeah, the guard buzzes himself out. The gate, the door to the evidence locker opens while the guard isn't paying attention. Mac puts a big wad of chewing gum and tape or something in the latch so that when the door shuts, right. the tumbler, the uh, the bolt won't close correctly. Right. right. So the door uh, opens. They wheel the thing in. They get Crow out. They tie him to a shelf. MacGyver sort of like rigs the, rigs the shelf. He like pulls the back out. Cuts it loose mm-hmm. so that things will fall out, and it uh, according to the plan. In, in you're talking about the trunk that they brought in. Yeah, so he so, kind of cuts the back out of the trunk, and he kind of rigs it up for something that's about to happen for for whatever the part of this the next part of this plan is. Um, so 
MacGyver does all of this, and then he disconnects the door switch and he like rewires it. Well, it's like it was an alarm bell or something. No, it was the to buzz up. St- Maybe it was. It was like a doorbell to buzz yeah. when somebody's ready to come out of the evidence room or something like that. It was like an alarm yeah. buzzer. But he yeah. just moved wires around so it would spark. So they get all that done. They leave with the trunk and they go to put it in the van. They head around where Crow's men are watching. And they put the trunk on the sidewalk very and, neatly. Yeah. And they MacGyver like, stands there dressed as Crow. And the two guys that are guarding Joanne in the RV across the street recognize it as Crow. And they leave her. They, they just leave her in there. both leave her. Yes. Yeah. To walk across the street right. to get this trunk. Right. So when they're walking across the street, MacGyver starts walking the other in, towards them. He looks up and he goes, howdy, fellas. One of the guys turns around and pulls a gun in broad daylight in the in front of the police station. And the, yeah, the other guy's like, no, 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 what are you doing? There are cops all over the <laughs> exactly. place here. Don't shoot. Exactly. He's like, well, just let him go for right now. Let's so, get the money. So MacGyver goes over and he kind of unties Joanne and he takes the blindfold off and they kind of watch from the blinds and they look right. and the guys pick up the trunk. The bottom falls out. The cocaine, as well as just a bunch of other stuff, fall out of the fall out of the trunk. They're trying frantically to put it all back in, and by this point, um, Crow has been discovered by the guard that was manning the right. evidence locker. Right. What the hell are you doing down here? <laughs> exactly. Because they they tied him up to the shelving down there. Right. With just rope, and he got loose. Right. And is trying to get out and fuss around. So basically, cops are running all over the place. They find Crow, and they find the two guys out front with the evidence. Exactly. Stuff from the evidence locker. Exactly. So the police catch them and presumably arrest Crow as well as these two guys with the cocaine all over the side of the road. Right. Then Kelly and Pete pick up MacGyver and Joanne, and they drive away. And that's the end of the episode. And so we'll play them out because they have a little line before the end, but we'll, we'll, play, that, we'll play that little bit here. So what do you think now, Kelly? Hey, after helping you guys pull this off, I feel like I can do anything. (laughs) Throws the hat in the air. Freeze frames on the hat. And that's it. And they literally just drive away as all these people are getting... They're like driving away. You know, Crow's being arrested... These guys are being arrested. They're just like, all right, I guess uh, I guess our job's done. But the funny thing is, okay, basically Crow says you're all dead men. Yes. And here's the thing. Crow has the capability to kill people. Oh, absolutely. So they captured Crow and two of his henchmen. Yes. Two. Yes. We would imagine that Crow has far more than two C- henchmen. Crow knows Kelly by name. Yes. Crow knows MacGyver by name. Right. Crow knows Joanne by name, and Crow knows Pete by name and face for all of them because they all use their real identities. Right. Right. They did not use aliases. Alias I? Alii? Alii? <laughs> yeah. They use their real friggin' names. Ugh, you're an idiot. <laughs> so I enjoyed this episode. I did. I did. All the for all the shit that we just give it, I, I actually thought it was a pretty good, pretty solid episode. So Greg, were you entertained throughout? I was absolutely entertained. Yeah. I thought the pace was good and I thought I mean a little manic at some places. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly unbelievable. Well, very unbelievable. Sure. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I, I was I was legitimately 
anxious okay. watching it. All yeah. right. Were the inventions, did you find them to be creative? Actually, I was taken, I was surprised by the elevator because at first I'm like, what a stupid, why did they have that? That's just dumb. That's lazy set design yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, no, they used it. And I'm like, that's clever. Yeah. You know, if there's an elevator and a fire hose, you could totally rip a door open. Absolutely. I, would, I wouldn't I would doubt it. would just pull it right off. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, that's cool. I would agree with that. The hair. Fuck. I mean, compare it to the Battle of the, uh, well, it blew the, battle its, of the Big Hairs. <laughs> it blew its load right in the beginning. Yes. Bam. Yes. She she took that helmet off and just just co- <laughs> just covered. Yeah, it was I mean, I I have to give the grade. I've got to give the mullet rating based on that hair, not his hair, just because right. no other hair will come close. No, the hair for everybody else, Joanne's hair. I mean, Joanne looked good with her hair down. Yeah. Um, but that that fighter pilot, she was she had a gorgeous head of hair. Yes. Um, so again, this question again is based on that one interaction would you do you believe that he followed through with his man whore things happened in that i i think uh you mean well in the stable you think do you think he and joanne yeah or do you think he and uh the sex pilot well i think he and sex pilot he and sex pilot definitely definitely had some oh yes they shared a flight suit oh and then he and joanne after they met with crow after he let her hair down yeah they they totally banged in a dirty stall in the in the at the horse track yeah and then um i don't know about maybe you know i think there was some coitus interruptus when he had visited her at her house yeah i would agree i think that had he stayed longer um there would have been some more experimental photography yes <laughs> uh yeah if the power hadn't been cut the things things probably would have taken themselves into the bedroom right would have been pretty amazing or or the kitchen the kitchen, yeah, I think MacGyver's MacGyver's place is better in the kitchen. I think he does he does the best work there, as we learned from last week's episode when he and uh, Jimmy were uh, making dinner together. Right, <laughs> right. That's so, very true. Um, so overall, what would you give it? I gave this episode. This is the first time I've done this. Three point seven five mullets, and you gave that three quarter of a mullet based on because of that hair in the beginning. Yeah, that was now I norm I would have given it a straight up three. Yeah, because it was a good episode. It was entertaining. It was fun. Yeah, but there was just so much shit. It's like if this was extrapolated out to a feature length film, it would have been much more interesting because the details. Yeah. wouldn't have felt so crushed together. Absolutely. But man, that fighter pilot in the beginning, yeah. she she brought it up a whole three quarters of a point. Oh, that's amazing. So I go I go up a quarter point from you, and I'm going to give it a four wow i I get a four which is pretty solid because this season so far i've got two fours and a five so they they're start for me at least they're starting this season off on the right note it's it's been well it was it was a it was a really well crafted episode i mean i think uh crow is an idiot oh he was an asshole con man had no idea what the hell he was doing (laughs) totally i I, other than that taking that away i thought you know performances were good I, i really enjoyed MacGyver, I thought everybody, sort of the whole supporting cast was really good, and I really enjoyed Kelly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I give it a four, definitely. Um, so yeah, so starting up, we got episode three now in the can. Should we hear about episode four next week? Oh, lay it on me. So episode four is called The Wish Child. Mm. In Chinatown, MacGyver tries to rescue a friend's young brother who is involved with scam artists presenting him as a mystical Chinese boy. Jesus. Now, I've heard things about this episode that it was it's kind of a misstep. So that now it's only four episodes into season 2. Right. But with the with the strength of the first 3, I've heard that it's not 
it's not the best. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if that is uh, if that is true or not. So very excited. Um, just want to make a couple of points. Yes, that, please. Um, we are in the process of uh, kicking off another show that's going to be starting April 5th. Yes. Called The 1440. Mm-hmm. You can find that on champacline.com. It'll be on Spreaker as well. I believe it's actually posted, but there's just nothing there. Right. Um, but yeah, another show, April 5th. It's going to be an adventure, um, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Dave and I are going to be recording for 24 hours straight. <sighs> And releasing each hour <laughs> for the next 24 weeks. Oh, six <laughs> months of the... Oh, it's going to be amazing. Check it out. I'm looking forward to it. We're actually recording in about two days. Um, we haven't recorded it yet as of as of this episode. So our, our big day is coming up this coming Saturday. So we'll see how it goes. 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> we're going to be uh, posting, Instagramming, hit us on Twitter while we're, while that. So uh, this Saturday, if anyone's bored, try to Twitter us. We'll have we'll have all sorts of devices ready for you. So if you guys want to hit us up, we might even throw in a live stream or two, Ooh. so you guys could follow along with our on the face webs. Maybe uh, maybe one right at seven o'clock. Maybe one around lunch, and then maybe one about four a.m. Because <laughs> we'll get all those Just watch the watch visitors. the, cre- the watch the transition into darkness. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> As Greg just said, you can find us on all those platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us. You can find us on champacline.com. But uh, we're going to wrap it for this week. So for Mullets and Memories, I am Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time for a spin.